0: We don't give a shit about criticism about Ad. We don't care. Nothing bothers us. Nothing. We don't. Ad doesn't care. I don't know if guys have figured that out. Ad does not care. He, he's not on social media, so he doesn't see none of the crap. He rarely talks unless it's us. So we don't. We don't give a shit about it. And he definitely doesn't. He's going to do his job, and we happy to have Ad.
1: Now back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
0: All right, we got a Raiders game coming up Monday Night Football in Detroit Lions. That'll start a little after 5 o'clock. We've got the World Series game number 3 here. You can hear the Raiders game on our sister stations. Comp 92.3 and Raider Nation Radio 920 right now. Q Myers with the full preview. Actually, no, it just ended. He was on from 12 to 3. My bad. So uh, JT the Brick takes over from here leading into the game. You hear LeBron on the way back talking about AD. Come on, man. Live on TNT. Can't be dropping S-bombs, but uh, we'll get to LeBron and the Lakers last night in a couple minutes. Just to continue the conversation we were having a few minutes ago, there's a lot of layers here on Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. So, as they collect more and more uh, more more information on the elaborate cheating scheme alleged that Michigan was pulling off, I don't know if I've gotten the clear message from you, because obviously, Adam Hill is like many Michigan fans and alums who talk about Being a Michigan man. And then they know this happened and they know it's not right. And the response from a lot of them is, you should be cheating. Everyone does it. You got caught going above and beyond. Enough. This is not the NCAA going after Harbaugh. It's multiple schools reporting them and more and more stories coming out that other teams are like, oh, we know all about it. So we had a counter with an elaborate sign hiding system. But what he was doing is not right. You can steal signs, but the advanced scouting stuff, the video stuff, it's not right. And I hate when we get cheaters in sports and people are like, oh, everyone's doing it. Not everyone got caught. You got caught. Too bad. And there should be a penalty here. And the penalty isn't Jim Harbaugh gets fired. It's not Jim Harbaugh You know, gets put to death like John oh. suggested under his breath at the end of last hour. It's not even going to be done in time to put a postseason ban on Michigan. But if Harbaugh is there, actually, you know what? Screw it. Whether Harbaugh is there or not, they should be banned from postseason next year. No bowl game. No 12-team playoff. You're out for a year. That's a significant penalty because you know what that will lead to. Now Harbaugh's gone. Mm -hmm. And now, I'll say it, you may not believe it, but there's a good chance that the program is crippled. Because I don't know if they're going to hire someone who's as good as Harbaugh. He is a good coach. He's a great recruiter. All these schools that are mega powers have all had their runs with bad hires. Mm -hmm. Michigan had a bunch of bad hires. That's a good penalty. And that's a penalty they deserve. Tough luck. I don't want to hear everyone does it. Well, everyone didn't get caught. And I don't believe everyone does it to that level. And it did. Here's the thing. Just looking at, oh, uh, you know, Penn State and Ohio State, oh, those are the only games that really matter. No, all games matter. You don't know what happens throughout a game in terms of the flow of the game and the way it develops if Michigan doesn't basically have the plays that are coming. There are some games this year that could have been close. Listen, Michigan is 10 levels above anyone else UNLV has played, but it is kind of strange, and Michigan is damn good up front, like seven rotational defensive linemen. They were tough. But it is kind of strange that UNLV has popped off like 193 a game on the ground. And that game, they I think the total number was like 85. Uh, you know, then you throw in the sacks of Doug Brumfield. It dropped it down to like 61. Um, I'll bring up the other one. And this is not just whining to whine because it's teams that I cover or root for. Um, Rutgers has the number one running back in the Big Ten. They're another team that's averaging about 170 yards a game on the ground. Nothing. Like you watch those games. Nothing, no room, snuffage the whole game. Even against two touchdown and three touchdown inferior squads, it matters when you have the plays. It just does. And yet we've got all these people, and mostly anonymous, up on social media who are like, oh, doesn't matter. I mean, I've even heard, you know, I listen to Gottlieb a lot, and Gottlieb's like, uh-huh, you know, no big deal. Like, come on, dude, you played high-level sports. There's advanced scouting, and then there's over-the-top knowing the other team's playbook, it's out of control.
2: You feel very passionate about this, I can tell. I will say the problem with something like this is I don't think there's a very effective way to punish, only because when you get to a certain point, punishments will mean nothing to you. So, like, to your point about, like, hey, you know, next year, ball ban, all that, the way his roster is set up, next year was set to be kind of a down year anyway. Like, he's got a lot of guys graduating, a lot of guys are heading off.
0: What? Come on. What? We know that
2: already. No, I'm talking about like if you look at the class of like a lot of his productive players. Guys are going to go off to the NFL, guys are graduating. McCarthy could be gone. John, but, can
0: they can they go into the portal and augment? Yeah. How big is a quarterback well, in college you're, football? But you you yeah, Let's but, start making a list now of available quarterbacks on the transfer market. They could go and get someone equal to JJ McCarthy yeah. and be at the same level or better. Okay.
2: You, but you're proving my point. I don't like I'm not saying next year was going to be a 6-win thing. What I'm saying is Next year was going to be a whole bunch of different faces. So when you're talking about. In a 12 that
0: team, team they're tournament, they're in! Right. They're in! Yes, but if you're punishing! You- Let me finish! No, you're like you're. No, because it's flawed. No, it's not. I'm cutting it out. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. (laughs) Like I don't want to hear about
2: that. that They're going to be down next year by their standards. They would, and it's just not even down. You're hanging on that. The point is, is that a vast majority of the role players for next year will not be the same ones that are on this team this year. So you're going to be punishing a whole bunch of kids who weren't part of this roster this season. Um, If that punishment goes down next year,
0: even better. This is how flawed this is. The kids know. You don't think that some of those kids have an idea? Like, geez, man, right. we are really on top of it How do we know every play? How am I plugging the hole almost every time? This is unbelievable. These coaches are great. Right? They the
2: the kids are participating in the bilk. So they're and they're gone. Good, leave. Okay, but like if we're saying... Break the whole freaking so thing like, up. For an example like this. this is not this right. This is playing Michigan football. Right. Well, yeah, hey. Just break up the program. But no, but what I'm saying, like again, we'll use one player as an example. J.J. McCarthy is probably, it sounds like he's going to be a, like a first or second round pick next year if he goes into the NFL draft. Okay? So if the rumors are true that maybe NFL teams are flirting with punishing Harbaugh if he moves on to the NFL. Okay, like J.J. McCarthy, he's going to sit back and go, cool, I'm going to be a first or a second-round pick. My old program just got hit with a massive thing, so they're not going to go to a ball. Harbaugh might get suspended in the National Football League. I probably knew, and now I'm going to sit there and nothing's going to happen. So my whole point is yeah. that it is hard to find a punishment that actually does the job of punishing. Harbaugh, for example, with the rumors again, he might go to the NFL, and the NFL might give him a suspension. Well, if he goes to the right team, and an owner with enough well, pull, is- that owner's going to go knock on the door for Raj and go, you dare – suspend Harbaugh, we're, you're going to have another thing coming. We just paid you another $50 million over the next whatever his extension was. So, like, that's oh, not even going to work. We
0: didn't even get to that yet. You jumped ahead a little bit because – I had to get my point in because you weren't going to let me finish talking. I wasn't. So, uh, uh, Damon, were you the one who suggested during the break that the NFL could penalize Harbaugh coming into the league?
2: No, I who think that was that? you.
0: Oh, maybe I said it? <laughs> yes, No, I think that John, was me. Yeah, John oh. John said it, and then I was like, uh, well, they did what Terrell Pryor. Because they'll, they'll do it with the kids. Yeah, I, I still so. look back on that. And I'm like, how did he serve a suspension from a future employer on a freaking trading card violation? Which, by the way, all that stuff now is above board with NIL. Right. But touche on the uh, Raj is starting to lose some power. Because now you've got owners outright saying, no, I'm not following the rules. Jim Irsay is like, if I want to... Frag officials on social media, up yours. I'm doing whatever I want. Now, if he becomes the next head coach of Las Vegas
2: Raiders, he'll probably get a year suspension. We did get a text, and you can text us at 69187, keyword ESPN. (laughs) Cancel the rest of
0: Michigan football season. Forfeit every game left. Well, I don't think you're going to have the proof in place in time. Right. But it, it, I mean, that would be meaningful, but they're not going to have it in time. And then at that point, boy, that would be Armageddon, so chaotic. Who would step in to defend Michigan? Would it be Greg Sankey from the SEC, who really is the commissioner of college football?
2: No, I would he, because then he can get two SEC programs in. Right, he'd be
0: <laughs> back. Right, why would he? Opens the door for Alabama. It's shameful. Harbaugh shameful. I he's a, disagree he's, with he, that he, premise, he, by the way. He's a charlatan.
2: Like, I, I completely agree with the, like, you can't, like, point and say hey, everybody's doing it. Yeah, it's still cheating. And if you get caught, you were just dumb enough to get caught. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that there's photos of the, have you seen the pictures of the guy on the sideline with the pictures of, like, guys laying like, in different poses? Mm-hmm. Like, they know. Of course they do. Yeah. I understand. I, I completely agree with you. If you get caught, you get punished. But you I shouldn't like, be
0: caught. In the future, I'm sorry I was cutting you off, but in the future, because you are, that will be the freaking party line across Sports Talk Radio and social media. Oh, the kids are getting penalized. Now I don't know how you prove every kid knows about the scheme. Well, hold
2: on. Let me ask. But you they here. have
0: to realize what they're benefiting from. Going back a couple of years now. Sure. So what? Okay. Let's say I know. What do you want me to do? <laughs>
2: like, what do you want me to do? You want me to just be like, you know what, Coach? I'm not doing this. And like, my what point is, well, no,
0: my point is they're not completely innocent. You're right. I don't think they have to like stand up and turn them in or go, hey, this isn't right for me. I'm going to transfer. You probably I won't can't believe be part this.
2: of this. What if there's legitimately kids on the team who are just like, man, I really don't like doing this.
0: But like, what do you want them to do? They're a there cog in a machine. Some. There might be some uh, kids speak out a lot more than it used to.
2: JJ McCarthy's
0: probably like, this is so uncomfortable. Would if if JJ McCarthy knew all about it and participated and actually helped them in perfecting it? That'd be great. Would that dissuade you if say- you're an NFL organization, or <laughs> would you actually be more encouraged? Like this guy will do anything to win. I'll take him and put him on the top right. Of my, he goes top, on the top of my of the board. board. <laughs> Caleb Williams wouldn't do it. JJ McCarthy's going above him. Drake Maywood, he's going above him too. That's right. I'll take the cheaters any day. This is such a great story. It really is. I mean, it is. And I don't think I. In the end, I don't know what they're going to be able to pin on them. Um, and it is. It's very complicated because Harbaugh. We think has an out. But by the way, that's also not guaranteed. Jim Harbaugh is a weirdo, and the Vikings found out last year. Well, we you know we'll mention this a couple times uh, as all these rumors are going to pick up about him leaving for the NFL again. He approached the Vikings like, "Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks for the job. I'll come in for my coronation." Like it's an interview. Mm-hmm. I think, I think MD got turned off by him because they were. I think Harbaugh's side was leaking stuff about the Raiders, and it's like, no, I'm not getting strong armed by this guy a couple of years back. By the way, I didn't mean MD.
2: I didn't mean that as a shot at you. I meant that you were a disrespected owner when I said that if Harbaugh was going to be your head coach, he'd get like a year suspension.
0: Oh, it's a great joke. I mean, I, <laughs> would it shock? I mean, no, would it you? It would, no. Right?
2: Um, can I say we might we might get an inkling as to how the powers in college football that be at least view about what's going on. You know, tomorrow is the first college football playoff rankings. So it'll be interesting to see if the committee does anything in terms of punishing a team that is largely considered to be either number one or number two, depending on how you look at the resume. By the way, Harbaugh's pissed that UNLV lost that game. He drank the schedule. Mm. He was probably sitting there
0: like, Seneca, come on!
2: Hold on to the ball!
0: I doubt he was paying attention. <laughs> I think he's got more on his plate.
2: Arguably the what second best win on their schedule? UNLV, Rutgers, two.
0: Are those the only two bowl
2: eligible teams that they played? Uh, I think Nebraska is flirting with bowl eligibility. I think they might be up
0: there. So Nebraska had four wins, yeah, something like that. Good for you all that. See, it's been a been a hell of a run so That's far. That's right, with the schedule.
2: It's my favorite thing about Michigan t- uh, Twitter. UNLV trends on Twitter a lot, but it's not out here in Las Vegas. It's in Michigan where people constantly defend Michigan's schedule
0: by pointing to, see, oh, UNLV, they're doing they're doing really well. And we crushed them. On the way back, let's break down the uh, UNLV loss a little bit more. Uh, Fresno State, turns out, the winner. UNLV was on the doorstep a couple times in the fourth quarter and had a rough third quarter. But uh, Alex Faust was on the call of the game with uh, Petros Papadakis. So we'll bring in Alex to uh, give us his impression of what he saw with the Rebel Football program. All right, rolling on A lot more college football, NFL coming up on Cofield and Company here in Vegas. John is here, it's Cofield. Damon as well. A uh, great voice of sports across the entire spectrum is Alex Faust. He was on the UNLV game against Fresno State. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. How are you guys
0: doing? Oh, we're good. We were just yelling at each other at Sports Talk Radio, but uh, <laughs> um, I don't want to get Smart, you in trouble in the future for assignments, but uh, I'm quite irked with where uh, we are with this Michigan investigation. I think it's a big violation. I think there should be heavy penalties. What do you think? What do you think of this whole thing? If a coach did have advanced scouting to the point where they know the plays of the opposition, how bad a violation is it?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm going to sound like a real nut job here, but um, – I actually think, like, you know, you think about it, anybody in the stands with a cell phone could be filming any sideline if they really wanted to. Um, the fact that a team paid to have somebody out there, I mean, if you think about it in the pro ranks, I mean, you know, there, there's, there are limitations, obviously, for going with, uh, you know, going outside of the bounds of, the, you know, where you're allowed to go in a stadium, let's say, or have video equipment. But, man, I mean, like, I just don't see how this is that huge a deal to do. I, I, I may be completely crazy off the reservation here. I'm just looking at it like, I mean, anybody could, you know, if you're watching a TV broadcast back on all 22, um, you're going to get some of the same information. So I'm, I'm struggling to find out how it's giving them that big of an advantage to the point where everybody is raising their hands and in, in some sort of, calamity.
0: Yeah, I think we need to be given evidence where we see what the spying led to and I'd actually like to hear calls on the field where Michigan knew the plays because there's a couple games I paid attention to real closely like the UNLV game where uh, they were stymied a bit. I know there was a talent gap but they were stymied a bit on some run plays where it's like wow they really have this stopped up so We'll wait on the information. I and, mean, I thought and, and UNLV, UNLV gonna played them pretty
1: year. strong. I, yeah, they did. I, I thought that UNLV played them pretty strong.
0: They did, but they couldn't run the ball, and UNLV, and again, yeah, yeah. UNLV's competition since Michigan has not been to that level. Uh, UNLV is rushing for like one ninety a game, and in that game they, right. they couldn't move they couldn't move the ball. I mean, they just they had nothing for three quarters of the game. Um, yeah. So, give me your impression, Alex, of. What you saw to UNLV, and I kind of wonder what your impression was going in because I I still think there's a lot of people out there who are like, ah, eh, UNLV off to a good start, but they're a fraud.
1: I, you know, it's I think easy to say that because this is a team that's still growing into itself when you think about it. I mean, this is this group, and there there are a handful of men that have been there four years from a winless season um, to now. They're still growing, um, and and you've got to like what you saw for three quarters on Saturday. And if you man, you can't take an eraser out and get rid of the third quarter and just the disaster that it was. But those are growing games, right? You know, that's, that's a step up in competition in a conference game, um, you know, against an opponent that, w- that was ready for what was coming at him. And we saw, yeah, the run game was stymied a bit against Colorado State. And so Fresno read that, and they, they came out and they did a lot of similar things that forced them to throw the ball and like, you know, what happens, right? Uh, I think you know you can you can have a bone to pick with the muff punt. You can have a bone to pick with a fumble. Um, those are individual mistakes. But man, like if, if you wide map the lens and see what's going on here, uh, there's there's still serious belief in that program, which is just good to see.
2: When you watched them, did you think that you were watching a team that could compete for a Mountain West title?
1: Maybe I don't know. Not yet. Um, you know, I, I think you know you you can't have a full quarter like they did um, and expect to compete for a championship. I think that's very fair to say at this rate. Um, you know, I, I think where they're going to have to grow is, like a lot of championship teams, how do you manage your worst days? Now, a lot of championship teams, yeah, you know, we can point out what they do really well in big games, but how do you manage your worst days? How do you, you know, get through a game that maybe you deserve to lose, and come out on top, and that's where you see, you know, some of these top, like TCU last year. Um, you know, I think a lot of people thought they were a fraud, and maybe in the end, like you know, they got exposed to the national championship game. Their their luck ran out. But you think about how they got to that point. Well, there were a lot of games that they probably deserved to lose, and they still found a way. Uh, and that that's the mark of a championship program.
2: I got to... okay. I just hit me. I gotta I gotta ask about the art of play by play, Alex. So. All right. uh, Steve and I actually talk about this a lot When we listen to Play by Play because there will be times where, yeah, Steve knows where I'm going now. Uh, there will be times where, you know, you wonderful play-by-play guys, you'll have moments, right, big moments. So you're calling, and your, uh, right. your color commentator will give you like one of those, like, oh, wow, oh, whoa!" Oh, and give you a whole bunch of stuff in the background. Where do you stand on this? Because I was giving Steve crap. He was doing play-by-play the other day for the Steelers.
0: I was doing the analyst role, and I was grunting in the background, which I've tried to stop doing. Just
2: totally, totally went over the play-by-play guy. How do you feel about this?
1: Let let me tell you, um, it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. So I say, if you if you know that this is something that you're doing, so if, the the old trick uh, that I had when I was kind of learning the ropes of how to manage my emotions to not get too high in a moment, um, you know, and just be over the top crazy, is just pretend for let's say for your college team, and you know when you're when you're in college, you're you know you're just you're riding the wave of emotion for your school anyway. But I, I sometimes like to pretend I was rooting against them. And that would help it you know, bring me down a notch to the point where, like, all right, you know, I don't need to, you know, blow my load, for lack of a better term, um, over, you know, some play that may not mean as much in the grand scheme of things. And, and I always tell younger broadcasters, too, um, if you are, you know, think about this, you know, in terms of the scale of whatever game you're doing. If it's Game 7, World Series, walk-off, home run, okay, go crazy, folks. But in between, yeah, you probably have you know, a scale of 0 to 10, how crazy you need to get. So I would say from, from you know the analyst standpoint, yes, it's a pet peeve, but we, we all get emotional, right? If it's, yeah. if it's truly worthwhile, go for it.
0: The worst part is I've been doing sports talk for 28 years, and throughout my career on shows, I played Bites and screamed about the color voice going over (laughs) play-by-play, and then I start doing, a couple years ago, the local analyst role for UNLV football on non-national games, and John catches it, he's like, oh, you hypocrite. And, Alex, the best part was it was like – so
2: it was a big play downfield. It It was like a big catch on the left sideline. But the worst part was he lets out like a, wow, after like an innocuous stiff arm that put him in the – it wasn't even the best part of the play. I'm
1: excited. Yeah. So Petros Petros had one with me uh, last year. Jaden Delora, just, he, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, I think he scrambled for 20 yards, avoided two sacks on a play, chucked it 40 yards downfield, and then it was intercepted. And and all the while, Petros, like, on the second time that he avoids the sack, it let out a little wow. And it was only because, like, what is this guy still doing? Just just let the play go. Throw it away like you're about to throw a pick, and he he wound up doing it. So it was about that. Um, But, yeah, I hate You know what, it's sports, it's fun, it's supposed to be fun. I love hearing, you know, when we get to the end of the year, you know, hometown calls at a championship game, I love hearing the emotion out of the the local guys. So if you're a local guy, I think you get a pass in my book. If you're doing that on a national game, ah, okay, we're going to have to have it.
0: It's it's local, we don't have the audio, do we? Third
2: down and twelve. Play UNLV, fifty-two percent on third downs this year. Mayava airs it deep. It's for Ricky. He's got it around the no! defender. Ricky White, heist.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I got so excited. I was just <laughs> impressed. It was a good play. That's great. Yep. Uh, Alex Alsup is one of the voices of uh, uh, NHL on TNT, FS1. He was on the UNLV Fresno State game. Um, you know, I was trying to look up your whole logging games you've done this year. Had you done any other Mountain West Conference games throughout the year?
1: We did a couple early in the season. I think that was the first conference, like legit conference okay. game that we did. Who's um, uh, but who, earlier in the year? Keep going. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say. Oh, who's no, I was going to say early in the year we did. We did Fresno State. Uh, I want to say we did another team. They all kind of blur together at some point. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the first conference mountain team this year. Honestly, my my son. Was you know, moving back to late-night, being on a conference game, two good teams, both 6-1, like, I was jacked up for that game, man. Like, I, I know some people ask me, like, hey, don't you like, you know, going and Big 12 and all these other things? I'm like, yeah, but you know what? A lot of times, uh, you know, the stakes in some of these games in the Mountain West, man, man, I've had so much fun doing late-night Mountain West with Petros over the last couple of years. It's just a treat.
0: You know, glass half full, the fact that the uh, Pac-12 is going away, this could be the window, and it's a very important window around the country that the Mountain West, maybe plus Washington State and Oregon State, can kind of take over moving forward.
1: You know, I'm going to ask for your help here. Can you help me coin the term, the Mountain After... <laughs> well, yeah, and we coined the term "the mountain after midnight." And if you yep. get any royalties from that, just just been a little cut my way. Not much, but just a little.
0: I love it. Um, I've always liked it. I, I thought the Mountain West years and years ago, um, and even before the Mountain West was formed, when UNLV was playing in smaller conferences, they they dominated that late night slot. Um, It's a big deal. The West Coast Conference of basketball is kind of taking it over. A little more football, Mm -hmm. and then I got a hockey question for you. Before we get you out here, Alex Fouse is up on Cofield and Company. Um, What do you think of the Big Twelve blending in these Pac twelve schools? I think some of the Pac twelve schools are going to go into the Big Twelve minus Texas and Oklahoma and just dominate.
1: You know, I think the four corner schools, especially basketball, for Arizona, uh, and if Arizona State can can get better again. you know, there's kind of had an up, a weird up and down last couple of years, but Arizona for sure. Colorado, I mean, for sports other than football, like, you know, it's probably where they, uh, even football for that matter, it's where they should have been in the first place. Yeah. Utah going back there, that's where they should be too. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i torn between wanting, the, you know, the Mountain West to absorb, you know, Washington State and Oregon State. Like, I want them to find a home at the end of the day because. There are great people in Corvallis. There are great people in Pullman. Those are fun places to go. Um, you know, they deserve to be in a, in a big time conference. And if if that winds up, it winds up being the Mountain West uh, in name or in, in you know an merged Pac twelve in name or however they want to do it, I, I just hope that they can land uh, with the rest of the schools because I I think they'd be a great fit.
0: Uh, hockey question to close things out with Alex Faust. Yeah, uh, how do we? How do we not get a Bruins Vegas Golden Knight Stanley Cup final? Like, who's going to get in the way of that?
1: <laughs> yeah, the Bruce Cassidy Bowl, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's so early, right? You know, and last year, you, you, everyone, I mean, everyone, was thinking the Bruins were just going to offshore in the, in the playoffs, and that's why they play the games, right? You know, a couple of years ago, you, you remember that in crazy Vegas San Jose series that I'm sure people in Vegas are still bent out of shape about. Um, you know, it's anything can happen in the playoffs. Great, I think we're starting to get used to the fact that in baseball, like we have these crazy, wild upsets that nobody sees coming. It's, it's commonplace in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's just uh, it's something to get used to over there. But man, uh, Vegas heck of a start. I mean, even without the for a little bit, um, I think the Bruins right now are, are you know you give them a little bit of an edge. Just I think the goaltending's a bit stronger. But man, Cassidy's Defensive system; they are playing just as well as they did last year. That's for sure.
0: And you're on BYU in West Virginia this week. Yes, sir. What do you think will happen in that one? BYU got kind of whacked by Texas. Texas <laughs> is better than West Virginia.
1: Yeah, they, they are a frustrating team. I, I cannot lie. I you know I, I look at BYU and I say this team should be better. They are they are inexperienced. Uh, they're young, uh, but uh, you know they they have the tools. I, I just I think they're trying to manage a lot right now with, you know, uh, developed from within. They had a lot of injuries on defense, and that hasn't helped, especially a linebacker. Um, they're just in kind a of weird spot right now. They're trying to get their footing in the Big 12, but uh, I think they will be better. I think they'll contend for a Big 12 title, uh, if not next year, than in the near future. Alex,
0: we appreciate a couple minutes. Thank you so much. you
1: got it. I appreciate you guys.
0: Excellent play-by-play guy. Alex Faust doesn't mess around. I didn't get to ask him if he does the Harlan move. Remember Harlan? Back La- out. Was, was it last year where he yeah. put his arms out and uh, told the hedgehog SVG Stan Van Gundy to basically shut the f up on a big call? Well, yeah, maybe Matt Nevert will do that to me. He should.
2: Nevert's too nice. He's also too professional. So. What does that mean? I you know when he comes on, he's too polished, too clean, too buttoned up. <laughs> we gotta get him loosened yeah, up. Like say um every
0: once in a while, bro. Hmm. Oh. BYU. This last week, got trounced. <laughs>
2: they 35-6. are, at last look, 123rd in offensive EPA.
0: Uh, Houston got trounced, 41 mm-hmm. nothing. I think um, I think Holgerson's in trouble. Yeah, he's been for a little bit. Yeah, he was coming into this year, and I'm sure Tillman Fertitta is looking around with his money, and he's like, uh, time to upgrade. Yeah, because they, they, correct me, I can't, everything's a blur. They won
2: the Hail Mary off, right, against West Virginia? They did. So, I mean, you, you you pretty much got lucky to add a win to your resume. That was tonight. going to be that was a, going to be a like,
0: loss. That might have been a job-crushing loss. I think he's he's right. in trouble. I was just checking it. Ooh, Aiden Robbins, All right, There you go. 17 carries. Four? 56. Okay. Last week was 16 for 49, but at least he's playing again, the former UNLV running back for the Cougars. Yes. One last thing. There was a lot in that conversation. Wow. Should... I know it's a lot of money they're losing, and I guess that's the bottom line. Should Washington State and Oregon State come to grips and just look at this and go, we actually don't belong? We've been lucky to be carried by the Pac-12 all these years. I know they are one of the founding members, but our markets have been outgrown. We don't belong in a Power Five. I know there, no one there is going to say that. Right. But from a competition standpoint across the board, they probably belong in the Mountain West. I, mean, I wouldn't say Oregon's a, Oregon has a chance of winning the Pac-12 championship this
2: year. Oregon, Oregon State, State uh, I should say, has a as a sh- uh, a shot at that. They're in a good run right now. They've yeah, they've really improved the program. Doing a pretty good job. Washington State's got a solid history
0: over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. With, and, uh, well, basketball is another thing, but yeah. Well, the other sports count too. Yeah. I mean, I know football, you know, seems to be like 90% of the thing, but I just I go to Fresno, I go to games at Fresno. You see what Boise does, you see what some of the the you know when Wyoming's going well, what their facilities look like, what their fans are like, and like to me, Washington State and Oregon State are more like Mountain West schools than Pac-12, and I know that annoys the hell out of them. I just feel like so, and maybe I'm doing this wrong.
2: I feel like if you put Washington State and, or actually more specifically Oregon State this year into the Mountain West, I think they're head and shoulders like the best team in the Mountain West.
0: I think early on they they have an advantage, but as time goes along, I think it'll leave out. That's, and that's the thing, right, is
2: over the course of time, does that actually play out? I'm talking about just plop this Oregon right. State team in the middle of Mountain West, and I think it looks a little different. But
0: Which goes back to – I don't want to keep beating the the, uh, the very alive horse um, – which goes back to why this is another level where I'm offended with Michigan. <laughs> you have everything going for you. The, the, money, the money gives them such an advantage, not only from the Big Ten and TV – but also the local money because of their tradition. And Harbaugh will still go outside the rules, allegedly, to try to get an advantage. And there's a bigger picture here. Like, you see Oregon State and Washington State are on the outside looking in right now. They've been in, but they could be pushed out. Um, Places like Boise and Reno and Fresno and San Diego and San Jose and Las Vegas, we're on the outside, and it's like, why? Why? To my point three minutes ago, times change, all right? Not everyone wants to, you know, be a logger and live in the rain, okay? So Washington State and Oregon State, like, you don't get to stay with the big boys forever. Things change. We're a big boy city. Fresno is a big city, right? It's over a million. Boise is one of the fastest-growing areas in the country. Things change. You know this has always stuck with me. It's stuck. It's it stuck in my craw that Ames, Iowa— and Corvallis. They're like, oh, we belong. Vegas. <laughs> like, yeah, Vegas. You moving to Corvallis anytime soon? You want to move to Pullman? Radio, good radio job available on Pullman. Come on, let's go. Come on.
2: Don't threaten me with the good times.
0: <laughs> you, you dress like you could be a logger.
2: Oh, thank you. I could I yeah. up my flannel game. Yeah,
0: flannel, beanies. You Boy, that. the flannel game is coming up. You got the physique.
2: Thank you. It was you a little. It was
0: a little chilly. It got chilly here. A little chilly in Fresno. I was like, oh, the flannels coming out, dude. I'm cold right now. Now we're gonna complain it's too cold, huh? What was what? What happened? Was it two Wednesdays ago? Oh yeah. No, it was. The, the <laughs> heat was it was broken. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I got written up. Got written up by HR. Good. Your guy is complaining about the air conditioning. Good. <laughs> good.
2: Just I, just because it's cold now doesn't make it a fact that I was dying two weeks ago that they wouldn't fix it.
1: Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All
0: right, rolling towards Monday Night Football. Raiders, Lions, also Game 3 of the World Series. Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. We've got pizza, not cooked. Mostly frozen yeah, and and uh, energy drink all over the place. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good thing. You're that, very so, hyped up. I am. You keep cutting me off.
2: I, I am, and it's a good thing that, you know, we're in a freezing tundra right now because these pizzas are going to be just fine.
0: I'm kind of sweaty. I don't think I'm ready for sweatshirts inside. I got a comment this morning. I walked. I was walking into the uh, UNLV facility, the uh, Fertitta facility, to go to Barry Odom's press conference this morning, and one of the guys was like, shorts, huh? I'm like, it's like 63. Yeah. yeah. Sweatshirt and shorts is the gear for the next six, six weeks. That's right. It's also the call sign of the hefty man. You it know? is. Bottom half is a little bit thicker. Yep. You you can
2: wear shorts, but-
0: totally Pants are shorts, very be- very restricting, constricting, whatever the word is. Mm-hmm. I think both. It's good to have the legs free and get a little breeze up there. Mm-hmm. A little musty. To your, to down your, your down. under- but right inside, there's no mustiness, but to the undercarriage. Come on, just <laughs> looking at us like, why- Devon's bundled up. He looks like it's. Are you cold? <laughs> That's why I said he could be a
2: logger. Like, he's he's dressed yeah, all the way up. As soon as out. I feel a breeze walking around yesterday, it's like, oh, it's time. Hmm. It's time. I'm wearing a hoodie for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I told the SO, or I asked the SO yesterday, I was like, do you want your winter stuff out? And it was almost like a warning. Like, it ain't coming out for three weeks if I don't get it right now. Because there are bins everywhere, and it's it's a Herculean effort. We have, we have one of those uh, closets that goes underneath the stairs. And if you think I bend over real slowly to grab something in the studio, wait until I have to hunch over and pull out freaking 75-pound bins. Not pleasant. This is also the time where, I guess going back to being old, you wake up so kind of stiff too. You're not old, so you have to stop doing this material. Only I'm allowed to do this.
2: I've gone from two extremes. I've gone from being really young and hip to now I'm just old. What happened? I mean, I just, I see, uh, Steve, you know, maybe I just... You see your future? Uh, maybe I just had one too many edibles yesterday. I don't know. Oh, but man. I was just really thinking about my mortality, and I just realized, you know, time's coming. It's wasted. We're all dust in the wind, man.
0: It got real dark and deep here. story. Uh, yeah. We're all the well, wind. Speaking of that, Pat Narduzzi. Yeah. <laughs> the Pittsburgh coach, <laughs> who I find infuriating because he's one of the guys who's whined a lot about NIL. And to me, if you're... It doesn't even matter how much money you're making, but if you're the one of the highest paid uh, employees in a state, and I don't even know if Pittsburgh applies, uh, th- is that a public university or private? Whatever. Um, if you make that much money, can you actually deliver as a leader in between games and off the field? Can you actually set an example for your kids and not be whiny? Ask him and he's a lot, con- Steve. he's constantly whiny. And the other thing is, put on your big boy pants with all the money you're making, and. Actually take responsibility for your team losing. It's not the 19-year-old's fault. I mean, it is, but not solely. Like, isn't that what you should do as as a leader? Mm-hmm. Like, take everyone under the umbrella and go, you know what? It's on me. But he can't do it, Kenny. Yeah. No. Like maybe,
2: I don't know, educating your kid or your quarterback. Because remember, you know, the year prior, one of your quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett, um, had a rule change because of how he handled things when he was sliding. And then last year and then this year all of a sudden when your quarterback slides a little too early, maybe it's a coaching moment prior, like, hey, remember, don't slide too early. One of our guys did it, but it happens to you. It's your fault. Or maybe the coach, the classic coach line of I can't make you want it. <laughs> you know, so maybe it isn't the kids. I can't play for you. I like the coaching line of I'll never ask for something you can't do, but I'll always ask for hundred percent.
0: <laughs> you never bought that one? No, not really. All right, so what uh, what did Narduzzi do? where he, he he didn't deliver in terms of being a leader. No, I mean look, here's the
2: thing. A uh, really, really competitive game uh, against Notre Dame over the weekend. I don't know if you got a chance to look at a 58 to 7 blowout by the Irish. So afterwards he was asked because like it was phrased earlier in the press conference like, hey, you know, right now pit football's not in a good place. So he was asked like, okay, why, what's going on? This this isn't a great
1: situation your team's going through. What, why do you think that is?
0: I mean, when you, when, you, when you lose like you lost today, you had a tough one last week. You know, why is it? You know, I'll go back. I mean, you, you, as a football coach, you, you know, you lose a lot of good players a year ago. You think as a coach you're gonna you know you're gonna replace them. We obviously haven't. And um, you know, uh,
1: you know, again, it starts with me. Um, and um, you know, I didn't I didn't do a good enough job coaching today, and you know, put it on put it on me. Um, and,
0: uh, and we gotta make plays, so you know, it just comes down to you know making plays and, and doing a better job coaching. So if you if you've coached this long, can you have a canned answer ready? Right. It's on, It's on me. I don't want to hear about the trend. So again, he's whining about the transfer portal, and Pitt is just as aggressive as anyone else. Pitt gets pillaged from the schools above. Pitt pillages the schools below. That's your job as a coach: recruit the right players. Coach them up, blend them in, develop chemistry, and if it's not happening, it's on you. And reality says there are players who maybe surprise you, but that's on you. You recruited them, and it's it's a cop out. God, I hate that.
2: It's a cop out to lead with the. For those who maybe didn't understand it, he says. We thought we were in a position where we got better. We lost a lot of good players, and we thought we replaced them, but we didn't. Yeah, but it's on me. But it's on the coaching. Like he eventually got to it. It's, they suck, though. Yeah, right. By the way, it drew the two pit players did respond. They yeah. they retweeted it with a couple. You know how we do now in 2023? Thinking emojis, just like some hmm. wow. Hmm. I know he's so, talking about me. You know, those tweets were since deleted, but I mean that's the point. Like how even if you follow that up with it's on me, no. Like that's not that's not leadership. To immediately go to that, you can have conversations behind the scenes. You can do that, whatever it is. But to to answer that question immediately with, oh, we thought we got good players. I don't know, but hey, it's on
0: me. If it's- he ca- if he, I'm sorry, if he calls those two kids in who tweeted, what does he say to him? No, seriously, like, what are you doing? We're doing what you did, coach. What do you mean? What are we doing? What are you doing? Where did I learn it from you? You're a low character, so we're a low character. I like that. That's a good line. Where did you learn how to do that? Yeah. Watching you,
2: yeah. uh, the PSA from you. But can you ago. imagine that? Yes. How, how dare you guys put those yeah. tweets up? You but, started I, it. Be, yeah. be, I mean, I look like, are you? Are, is this a real conversation we're having right now? I, I, it's leadership. That's it's one of the things that, and you can. A lot of people say like, oh, they're making money. Now. no, that's just that's not how it works. You can't do that. You
0: don't do it. You don't even see it on the professional level where guys are making millions of no, dollars. Because the, the players will say something. Of course. They will come out publicly and, and frag a coach. Um, Barry Odom today talking about the turnovers and the effort not being good enough. At times, the execution. Here he is at his press conference. We weren't able enough. I was not able enough to get them in position to go
2: make enough plays down the stretch to beat a really good team. And I, you know, I think Fresno is a good team. Their record is what it is for a reason. They're well coached. There you go. And it's all Santa No? He didn't say that? No? No. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Okay. No.
0: He said we, and then he said I. Me. Not hard. Not hard. I I agree. This show today has gone off the rails because of me. Because of my lack of focus. I mean, I wasn't going to say it. Well, (laughs) last break I was lamenting it heavily. (laughs) Beating myself up. I had a chance to sit down with Cam Oliver Uh, a little earlier today. We'll get to that on the way back, and he's going to talk about uh, the effort in a loss, which, you know what, in the past, UNLV losing close at Fresno, eh, good job, good effort. I don't think that's the case anymore with this team. I think they're really annoyed they lost that game. You know, during the break, we were just talking about how bad, well, how little confidence some coaches have in backup quarterbacks around the National Football League, and I, I still believe that the Giants did that on purpose. They know where they are and who they are, and they're trying to get a top 10 pick. So, But that's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for Giants fans that they have a quarterback on the roster in DeVito in a tight game, and they won't let him throw the freaking ball, which brings me to, and this should be right up your alley, how many NFL fans will, one, they don't watch the NBA, but they have that party line like, back in my day, the NBA, this, that, and the other. Yeah, it's better now than it's ever been. There's more players around the world who are qualified to play in the NBA, and you see it. It's an international league, so in turn, the league is better. Mm-hmm. The talent is deeper. It's better than it's ever been. But those same fans will go out and pay to watch Tommy DeVito hand it off on third and nine repeatedly. In the rain. Right. Oh, the NBA, back in my day in the 80s, much better. No, it wasn't. I, the quality of play was not. And you you watch – I'm not an NBA viewer like you are. You do this you know every day of the week. And and at one point, early
2: to watch Pistons and uh, Hornets rerun. Well,
0: I was I was watching Rockets. I was actually interested in the Rockets roster because I know they're building against the Warriors, and they wind up losing. But at one point, I sent over to you. I was like, "Shingun," right? Like people, most people don't know who the hell that is. He's a 21 year old big. Is he Turkish? I think so. Yeah, Alpern Shingun. The the skill level is ridiculous. Yep. Now, they wind up getting lit up in the end, and Steph Curry. Had it for Dylan Brooks. So good. (laughs) Kind of beat the hell out of them physically and mentally. Uh, They wound up winning. Lakers last night. We know the Kings are good.
1: Hmm.
0: They're good. And another dramatic game that goes to overtime. Uh, LeBron has to play upwards of 40 minutes. As I was watching, a lot of the same same themes came back from the playoffs with the Lakers. Now, some of the new players they got either didn't play down the stretch like Chris would, or didn't play well, they should be a better team this year, right? Like, in situations like that, they don't have more options? So I don't know. Only in that when I was
2: doing my prep, like prep for the season, when you looked at the Lakers, and I we, for those who maybe don't remember, if you listen, we, I talked to Jovan Buhat Summer League. And one of the things, and he covers the Lakers for the Athletic, one of the things that I had brought up to him, which he echoed, was if you really look at the guys that they re-signed or brought in, One of the things the Lakers were supposed to try to do in this offseason was get more shooting to help out the spacing. Gabe Vincent's a career 33% three-point shooter. Rui Hachimura is not a guy who shot 45% from three in the playoffs. He is a sub-34% three-point shooter for his career. You look around the roster. There were guys who they were bringing in like those two. Austin Reeves, it's a small sample size. We don't know if he's going to be a consistent shooter. I think he's developing as one, but we don't know what's going to happen eventually. But there are guys that you're bringing in and you were going, yep, that's small sample size. We think that's going to carry over. And really, the only guy that you can trust is Torian Prince. And they are. They're giving him the green light. They're letting him just he shoot. He took a lot of shots yeah, yesterday. <laughs> played fired, a lot of minutes, too. And he's there, He's arguably one of their best shooters. But I think that there's a, just a reality where this team is a similar version of a team that they were last year, which is poor spacing, not a lot of shooting, and heavily reliant on LeBron James to get the job done. And you can sit there and say, well, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. Well, they did, but they also played a Grizzlies team that were beat the hell and missing multiple key guys. Mm-hmm. They were playing a Warriors team that, yes, they beat them, but was small in stature. They matched up well with them and were just done with the seven-game series against a very good Kings team. There's a reality in a much better Western Conference this year that that team probably may be a top-six seed, but doesn't make that run. So I think there's we're looking at a team that's kind of exactly what they were a season ago. So they're fine. They're good. They're a top six potential squad. Maybe home court is going to be there if LeBron's healthy, but I don't know how much better they really are.
0: I don't like watching D'Angelo Russell play basketball. (laughs) Why not? Did you see
2: the clip from the other day
0: where LeBron's telling him, hey, man,
2: I'm going to be wide open at the elbow. Like, it's really working. You got to give it to me. And then literally the next play, they show it. (laughs) He's on the elbow, and he's like, nah, he's going to step back three. I got this. And misses
0: it's, it's just a constant overpenetration. you just
2: that's one of the just worst plays bad in basketball. decisions you You drive with no mission and you don't know where you're gonna go once you get there. Happens and yet all the time.
0: he's one of those guys, and lots of organizations have these dudes that there is a faction that loves them, and there's a constant fight about him but amongst he, the fans. but here's the thing like we're talking about, but you need him out. who else because he's because
2: he shoots because in again, in his career, he's like a thirty six percent career three point shooter. But you need him out there. Because if you're running with anybody else who can't really shoot, then all of a sudden, like your spacing is awful. And you don't have to play out on guys. Like there's a reason why he's out there. And he, the other part that I guess maybe Lakers fans really don't want to talk about, you got to play him too. Because what if you want to ship him off at the deadline? You got to make sure that he's actually in good form
0: and and worth something. Well, speaking of the deadline, it's coming up in the NFL. And I think teams, uh, organizations have a chance to alter their future in a positive way. There's got to be some big moves made tomorrow.